It'll be a three-man rush, eight in coverage, three in the end zone. Dalton heaves it down the right side toward the end zone. It is knocked up in the air. Oh, A.J. Green oh, makes the catch. Oh, 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 man. A deflected oh, ball winds oh, up in the hands God. of A.J. Green. The clock hits zero. Oh, 23-year-old Tony Pike waits for the snap. Has the football. Short drop. Lobs one down the sideline for Bins. He's got it. Touchdown. 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 And a high fly ball way back in center field. It is out right here. A grand slam home run for Joey Votto. And this one belongs to the Reds. Did your shirt on? And last I checked, I did. Yes, why? Now a steal by Gary Clark and a breakaway to the rim for a thunderous tomahawk jam. Get you one, big fella. Then a strike for Bertoni, and the magical moment belongs to Leonardo Bertoni. He opens the FC Cincinnati account with a goal in the 14th minute. Double dip on the ice cream cone. So today we have a very special guest after Ed accepted a challenge. Uh, he tried to make this happen on social media. There were some things going back and forth between us and Mr. Sean Casey, and he did his damnedest to try and eat 12 cheese conies. Came up a little short, but in the words of the mayor, uh, <laughs> nine conies and a puke equals 12. So again, we do have... <laughs> We do have Sean Casey. Uh, you can find him at the mayor's office on Twitter, and you can see him on MLB Network where he can be found doing his broadcasting and announcing thing. Sean Casey, what's up, man? What's up, fellas? How you doing? I, I tell you what, that that video that Ed sent was so funny. I just, uh, you know, and I figured, you know, when he got, he got to, you know, he was breaking it down, five, six, seven, eight, and then nine, and then I think it was the 32-ounce Mountain Dew that really put you <laughs> over the top. That's why the thirty the thirty two ounce Mountain Dew didn't leave the other room in your in your microbiome to get the other three conies down. I thought for sure it was going to help break down the bread or something, but it, it definitely did not. Dude, you're not like Joey. You're not no. Joey Chestnut, bro. Do not go into any of the. Do not enter any of those contests because you will be out. Soon. I'm out. <laughs> he just took too long to eat. I don't know. He, he just paced himself way too much. Oh, dude, Aaron, it was great with you guys. You guys kind of watching in, being like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so good." <laughs> so I just want—I know we our time's kind of limited today, so I did want to kind of jump into things here. Um, you know, you have a, a storied history here in Cincinnati. We all know you as the mayor, and you are part of the Reds Hall of Fame. You played with some great players here. We did happen to notice you recently changed your Twitter picture. Looks like maybe you're at a poison concert there. I'm not really sure. Yeah, um, yeah. there's a quite quite a few poison shirts. Otherwise, <laughs> we were at, we were um, at a poison concert. Nice. I think it, I, I think I remember seeing uh, Adam Dunn, Aaron Boone, Danny Graves. Um, who were some of your favorite teammates during those red seasons that you were here? Man, those guys are some of my favorite teammates. I think Todd Walker was the other guy in that in that in that, uh, in that picture on my Twitter handle. But yeah. We loved Poison. I don't know. It was so funny, you know, in the back of the plane, you know, get the flights going and stuff. And on the bus, you know, we'd always playing like different music. And, you know, Poison at the time was, you know, kind of making a comeback. And we went to a couple shows. And um, But, though, you know, I think that's a great thing. It's kind of funny, you know, you look back at your career and like, 
there's 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 things that you miss, but you really miss the guys. You know, you miss the camaraderie, you miss the times you have together, you miss that fellowship. And uh, you know, Barry Larkin and and uh, Adam Dunn and Austin Kearns and and Chris Reitzma, you know, Danny Graves, um, Todd Walker. I had so many good good guys. You know that that I that I love. Jason Larue was a dear friend of mine. Um, but you know, I think that's the great thing about about um, you know major league baseball and, and sports in general and, and all of our, you know, as human beings, we want that fellowship. So there was just so many good teammates, probably, you know, too many to name, but you know, just a lot of, a lot of great times. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about, I mean, you got Barry Larkin there right behind you in the picture. So yeah, it's <laughs> a great story. I, uh, you know, I was always a little intense when I played, you know, I just, I just loved the game. I loved the guys. I loved winning. I loved, you know, just that, uh, you know, whenever we win a game and I think, I'm trying to think. Lark scored. Lark scored on a walk off. It was a day game, and I was coming in to like give him a big hug. And 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 I think Lark's been, you know, he's been the victim a few times of my jubilation a little too high. <laughs> and Lark, if you don't know about Lark, he's like a black belt in like jujitsu or something. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's something legit. Like Barry Larkin will turn on you, and next thing you know, you're like, oh, I'm in a pretzel, and you know, you're you're in big time pain. So I came in and I was fired up. <laughs> He hit. He hits home plate. And I'm like, yeah, and he hit me with like the hardest shot. It was like, he literally took my breath away. He hit me <laughs> so hard because he was like, I'm not letting Case get in there first. I'm gonna hit him so hard that he's gonna lose his breath, and he did. So that's that's the picture. And then you know he wrote me something afterwards. I got the picture blown up, and and he wrote me something really some kind words afterwards. So you know it's one of my favorite things I have in my in my house and. Lark was such a big part of my career. You know, he was like the veteran player when I kind of broke into the game that kind of showed me the ropes about how to be a professional and how to be a big leaguer. So, you know, for we'll, we'll forever be grateful to, to, to Lark. That's awesome. So would you come back to Cincinnati if a broadcasting spot opened up? I mean, there is potentially the uh, the TV spot. Obviously, we don't want to get into that. But um, if, yeah. you know, there was a broadcasting spot open and was offered, would you be willing to look into something like that well you know a few years ago i did do some games for the reds mm-hmm. um you know i uh, um i usually i tried to do like nine to twelve games and yeah and i think i would you know i th- that's never off the table bob castellini's such a good guy you know when I, i'll run into bob you know when i go up to cincinnati and and fill in those guys and, and 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 maybe talk about doing some games here and there but you know i'll never be one of the regulars you know i just got four kids at home and it's just you know my one son just went off to college and I got one that's a senior and I got two little girls. So, you know, I think once they get out of the house, you know, maybe that'll be an option. But for now, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind bopping in and doing some Reds games and, and uh, you know, here and there. That'd be pretty awesome. We're hoping the right yeah. people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you recently retweeted a video that must haunt you where you got thrown out at first from right field. <laughs> I think it's left the, field. No, I, left field. Left field. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, yeah. Across the field, um, and I believe it was the 19th anniversary on that. Uh, what was going on to even let something like that happen? <laughs> well, it was the 14th anniversary, and uh, you know, it's one of those it's one of those moments in your career where you're embarrassed. You know, it's a you know we all have embarrassing moments in your life. Like, you know, I prided myself on playing hard all the time, 100%. Like my dad would have killed me if I didn't. You know, what I mean, it was just like a my mentality of playing the game. And earlier in the game, my first at bat, I hit a ball to left center. That was so funny because when you go back to that day, Brian Anderson, the center fielder for the for the White Sox, made a dive, unbelievable play. As a matter of fact, it was the number one play of the night. 
And I don't know if you remember like the, the you know, the sports center top 10 plays and the untop 10 plays. Well, <laughs> that, that catch, my first at bat was the top 10 play of the night. And then the untop 10 play of the night was me getting thrown out from left, which was great. It was so funny. So, so I, you know, I hit the ball, my second at bat, and Joe Creedy, the third baseman for the White Sox, goes up, he catches it. And I'm thinking, oh, man, like another line out. Like I lined out my first at bat. And then this one, I hit a bullet and Creedy caught it. And I was kind of like, ah, you know, a little pity party for myself. Kind of was like, geez. So I turned thinking that he caught it to walk back to the dugout. And as I turned to walk back, the crowd went crazy. And I was thinking, like, I think it was 7 nothing at the time. And, and it, it didn't look good because we're playing the White Sox. We were 1-2 and two in the division. So we're fighting with them for the Central. And then I realized as I changed my angle and I walked, like, three, four feet this way, I got, I got on the other side of Creedy. And I could now see the ball being picked up by Pablo Ozuna. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, he didn't catch it. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm like, now – now what do I do? You know what I mean? So I'm like, I did what anybody, what any normal person would do. I, I stuck my helmet back on because I thought that might, you know, make me faster. And then I just start running down to first base. And you guys know I wasn't known for my, I wasn't known for my running. You know, I'm not, not a, like I always say, I look like I'm ice skating in quicksand. I'm just like, I got the bad, the bad arm swings. And I'm just like, you know, you're supposed to be cheek to cheek, but I just couldn't get that done. You know, I'm like, so, and I'm running down to first and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God. I hope I don't get thrown out from left field here. And then sure enough, the crazy thing was Pablo Ozuna is a shortstop. And he was only playing because we had a lefty going. Usually if Scott Pesednik was out there. And if Scott Pesednik was out there, I think I would have been safe. We wouldn't even be talking about this. But Pablo Ozuna's out there who's the backup, backup shortstop just threw an absolute missile and got me. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's just uh, you play long enough in the, in the big leagues, uh, you know, you're going to have a couple embarrassing moments. That's my embarrassing moment. The only one in, in baseball history, too. So I got that going for me. They say if you watch baseball long enough, you're bound to see something that's never and, happened before. Exactly. And, you know, it's so funny. Hawk Harrelson, you know, on the, on the White Sox call who has, you know, mercy. And he was – I can't remember what he said, but he said something like, oh, mercy, like something like that, like, when I went back and listened to it this last time, because I, I think I watch it every year too, they post it. Uh, I caught Hawk saying that, and I kind of got a laugh at him. Like, oh, that's a good call right there. But you know, I think for me, initially, it bothered me because, like I said, you know, I, I, I prided myself on how hard I played the game, and it was a, really an honest mistake. I thought, you know, you never line out and then hustle down to first. You know what I mean? If you line out, you're out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I, it was a genuine mistake. I thought he caught it, and he didn't, and. The rest is history, baby, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of history, uh, the COVID season has been crazy. What observations have you seen from this whole season, and do you think the Reds still have a chance at the playoffs? Well, I mean, I think we were all excited about the Reds' chances this year, you know, bringing in Castellano, Castellanos and and uh, and, um, and Moustakis. With that rotation, I mean, you know, top to bottom, I think it's one of the best in baseball. The bullpen's kind of, you know, giving up some late games. and um, But, man, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think they're, the Reds are running out of time. But also, too, I think anything above 500 could could be enough. So so it's just crazy. It's a crazy year. I really think if this was a six-month season, I think the great thing about the Reds moving forward is when we get back to six-month baseball, 162, 
that team's built for that. That rotation's built for 162. That lineup's built for 162. So, you know, Votto got the big hit the other night that will walk off, which was great. Um, and those are all good signs. But I think the Reds have the have the um, have the talent to make a run. So in these in this next month, you could see them just start rolling people, and next thing you know, they're they're right in the mix. You know, they're not like a team you look at like maybe the Pirates right now that just don't have the talent to make that run. I don't think the Reds do. So you know, I, I see good things in their future, and obviously this year is a sprint, not a marathon, and and they're running out of room in the track. But I do think if they could hit a quick run here, they could still be in it. And do you think? Yeah, I think. I, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think I saw something uh, reading the other day where the Reds had hit something like two forty-three or something like that balls batted into play, as opposed to the league average, which is something around like two sixty, I believe. Um, so I mean, it's just a matter of the balls actually starting to fall where they're supposed right. to. Well, that's what I that's what I say too. Like they got so many good hitters in that lineup, top to bottom, veteran guys that know what they're doing, and so I think that's a big part of it. You know, sometimes as a hit, you, I always say over six months, if you have a career year, you're gonna have four awesome months. You're gonna have one month where you're you're just okay, and you're gonna have one month where you suck. You know what I mean? Like you just, it just that's the way it goes. And I I feel like the tough part about this season is yeah if the Reds are putting balls in play that aren't get, getting hits, then that means maybe these are this month and the next month are, the, are those months that you kind of grind a little bit. And for this season, that's not a good thing. So like I said, hopefully in these next few weeks, they all kind of start clicking on all cylinders, the pitching and the offense, and they can make a run and get to the postseason. Because I think the great thing about the postseason this year is you just got to get in. You know, you just get in and, you know, you don't know what could happen. And do you think the COVID season is having like an impact on the players? Like we saw the other night that Johania uh, Suarez was just excited and got a little emotional just seeing cardboard cutouts of his family in the stands. Like, do you think that's having an effect on their on their players' games? I think it. I mean, I think it has an effect on your psyche. I think there's no doubt about that yeah. because, um, you know, I think um, you love having the fans there. It brings you energy. You know, you love having your family there, your wife or your kids or, or your parents or whatever it is. So there's definitely something about people. <laughs> you know, I think we're us as a human species need fellowship. We need people. And I'm sure for these guys, uh, you know, to, to play six months with no fans, I can't imagine that. Two months, you could do it because you can mentally just get through it. But, yeah, I'm sure for these guys having a different routine – having to be quarantined a lot in your room when you're on the road and then, you know, go right to the park and back to the hotel. I'm sure it gets old after a while. So, you know, this is definitely a, it's definitely probably tough for a few guys. So what would you say then to a majority of what I've seen on Red's Facebook and Red's Twitter, where everyone's calling for David Bell's job? How do you think he's handled this season thus far? I love David Bell, man. I, 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 I love Buddy. I love that whole family. I think they're, I think they're baseball guys. Uh, I think Dave does a good job, man. I, I really do. Like, I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't have the heartbeat of, of a, as a player. But I know David as a player when I played against him and how hard he played the game, how much knowledge that, that he has. And so for me, you know, uh, you know, like I said, every team is going to have a month, or, a month or two where they don't play well. You know, I think the Reds just had one of those months that was just weird. Moustakis missed some games, too. And, uh, you know, it just – it was a little weird of a month. So I don't – I'm I'm not ready to call for David Bell's head. I, I think David Bell is a good manager. I think he's a he's the right guy for that clubhouse and that team. And I think 
when, like I said, when it gets back to normal and you can get six months of baseball, I think David Bell is the right guy. Switching back to just some stories. Uh, on, I, I was listening to a bunch of your podcasts that you've done recently. You did two with Jim Day, and you shared some great stories on there. <laughs> and uh, one of the stories you shared was uh, Joe Nuxall with his sandwiches and then his creepy white van. Uh, but you didn't share any any Marty Brenneman stories. Do you have any good oh uh, stories God. with Marty Brenneman? Oh, my God. Well, Marty's just a beauty of a person. You know what I mean? Marty's, you know, Marty's kind of that legendary figure in Cincinnati. Um I remember, I remember when I first did the Reds caravan. I just got, I just finished my rookie year with the Reds, and in the off season, I did the caravan. And we, you know, I was just so young. I was 24 years old. And like I said, I didn't realize how big of a legend Marty was. You know what I mean? Is and was at the time. And uh, so we're on the caravan, and Marty's, you know, we're at like the, I can't remember where we're at. It's like the, it's the, uh, it's like the Fred Flintstone Club of 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 Dayton. You know what I mean? That the, the, the I, I can't remember what they're called, but. You know, it's the the, um, the the men, whatever men's club, whatever men's club it is, is there, right? And, and so they're going through the thing, and Marty's going through his stuff. And, and one of the old timers in this men's club is just, you know, raises it. And uh, Marty's like, yeah, sir, right there. And he's like, uh, hey, Marty, who does your hair? You know, and it was just... <laughs> And I looked over at Marty's hair. You know, back in the day, he had like, the, it looked like Lord Helmet. He had like this, like, uh, you know, his hair was like, kind of like, you know, I don't even know what he was trying to do because now it's short. I'm like, Marty, you look so much better with short hair. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what you were trying to do with Spaceballs hair you had working on back in the day. But, uh, you know, and then Marty gave some some funny answer back to him that I probably can't even say on this podcast. But, you know, it was just, uh, you know, it's just so Marty. And, and, and uh, you know, I remember one time too, like, he was, uh, you know, but you know, Marty would bury us, you know, that was just his deal. He would, if he didn't, Marty was great because he told the truth. And at the end of the day, we had some years where we weren't playing well. And I think as a player and you're younger, maybe you take offense to that. But, you know, I tried not to, but there was times that, you know, Marty would bury guys. And I remember one day he was on a flight and uh, we were getting on the flight to go somewhere. And, and uh, you know, I just remember, I remember, walking to the back and I remember looking at Marty and just going, man, you're one cantankerous SOB. I think I said something like that. And he was like, cantankerous. I'm like, yeah, you're just that guy, you know, but it was just a funny interaction with he and I, and you know, he always tells that story to this day, but you know, Marty's just uh Marty's, Marty's the legend, man. I love Marty. He's just, uh, like I said, when I was a young kid and you hear Marty crushing you, you're like, Oh, oh this guy's unbelievable. As you get to know Marty, you're like the guy's harmless, man. He's just, just a good guy. He loves the Reds. He loves the fans. Loves that organization. And uh, you know, him not being in the booth is definitely a loss for baseball and, and a loss for the Reds. Yeah, it's been crazy just listening to, to the radio. And the, the first time I turned a game on this year on the radio, and I'm like, wait a minute, where, where is Marty? Like, I had to remind myself. Oh yeah, that's right. He retired last yeah. year. And I'm not so going to hear he, much. Has he? Has he? Has he done any games this year? No. No. Uh, so. Yeah. I think he made a comment at the end of the year that he doesn't he doesn't want to. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> I think it would be great though if if the Reds do make a playoff run and maybe get to the World Series this year. I think it'd be awesome if he just popped in the booth and and oh. called an inning or two. Are you kidding me? If they make the World Series, Marty Brennan will be like, "Listen, I got it, guys. I'll do every game." <laughs> <laughs> I got this, Tommy. You go sit down for a little bit. Enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do all the games. Yeah, there's no doubt. 
I was going to say, didn't you end up catching one of the uh, Todd Frazier hits in the uh, when he was here belting home runs for the uh, oh in the derby? The in the derby. You know who it was? Yeah. It was Josh. It was actually Josh Donaldson hit it, but it was obviously the Frazier. We like to look at it as the Frazier home run derby. I can't, he, yeah, it was so great. It was so great. I was living. You know, obviously, I worked for Major League Baseball Network, and we had a box. For some reason, we were like, I think. We were the furthest box in the history of boxes at the All-Star Game. We were like <laughs> left field – we were left field corner, third deck. I think we were like an afterthought, right? So I'm like, oh, man, we're far away, right? And Greg Amsinger, who's the host of MLB Network, was like – he's like, Case, you think they can hit him out this way? And I looked, and I'm like, that's like 480 feet probably. Like, I'm like, they can. Like, if someone gets a hold of one and pulls one foul, no doubt they can get a hold. So I swear, I swear, it's unbelievable. As we're talking, I got like – nachos and you know i got i you know i think i'm having a beer in my hand i got nachos and jalapenos and i'm about to sit down and all of a sudden i greg amzinger after he asked me that question 15 seconds later goes here we go and as he says here we go i look up and i see this ball coming right from my face and i'm like if i don't drop this nachos and beer right now i'm gonna wear this right in the teeth like it was that close so i dropped my stuff I put my hands up and like, I, and I was like, I still got it, right? So I, this thing's zipping. Josh Donaldson hit a bullet just foul, and I caught it. It would have hit me right in the teeth. So boom, I end up catching it, and I'm like, and 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 so then they put me up on the board because I caught it, and I think the crowd realizes it's me, and I, you know, me, I'm just like, yeah, and then the crowd starts chanting Casey, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what a cool moment for me, like being in Cincinnati <laughs> catching catching that foul ball. And then the crowd starts chanting Casey. It was like such a cool moment. And the next day, I saw Anthony Rizzo on the field. He came up to me. He's like, Case, he's like, he's like, were you at the Derby yesterday? I go, yeah. I go, yeah. He goes, he goes, the crowd started chanting Casey. And I felt like it was for no reason. I was like, no, it wasn't for no reason. I caught a foul ball. It would have hit me right in the face. It was an unbelievable play. So it was just such a cool moment. And like I said, being back in Cincinnati and just seeing all that crowd for the for the softball, you know, celebrity softball game and then the home run derby, like, it just gives me chills because it's just, it's just home for me. And I just, I love going back and I love seeing everybody. Like he said before, you're still the mayor. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm so grateful. Uh, my well, my cousin was a, uh, he, he ran one of the cameras for the Jumbotron uh, down at the ballpark. And he told me I need to ask you about DDP and Goldberg showing up at practice, at batting practice one day. <laughs> oh my god that's right that was 99 was that 99 it was 98 98 or 99 it's when goldberg was the champion that was wcw champion and him and ddp uh came to batting practice and we now we were we were such big wrestling fans like me dimitri young we we kind of dragged pokey recent aaron boone was like kind of like a fair weather wrestling fan we're like all right dude you get it you're out of here like you know <laughs> you, you know you're not you're not really a wrestling fan you, you get out you know what i mean but like like uh, we just had so many guys at the time that were big wrestling fans, especially me, Gravy, and Dimitri. And uh, you know we were thrilled that those guys came. And that's when we started doing. I don't know if you go back to those times, especially that '99 team. If someone homered, you know, we'd give the two sweet sign when you cross home plate. You know, just because like the NWO stuff. Um, but it was really cool. You know, Goldberg was really a cool guy bringing the belt for us. DDP, they're just good guys, and we kind of ended up getting a relationship with some of those guys and. And uh, you know we were able to like parlay into that into into some free tickets down the road. We were, I remember we were we were in Colorado with the Rockies one time, and and uh, you know we went we were front row at WCW, which was really cool. It was like a bunch of us. And then uh, 
we were also part, I think, in 2000 of uh, the Brian of the Pillman. You know, Brian Pillman has a, had a, had a um, charity event with all the wrestlers, and uh, me, Dimitri, and and, uh, and Gravy were able to get into the ring and you know, kind of re- relive a, or live a dream of uh, getting in the ring and, and some of those matches. That is awesome. Well, well, as we're wrapping things up, uh, we do have some rapid fire questions here for you, so we can get you out of here on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ed and I are going to switch off. Uh, Ed, I don't think I can ask the first question, though, man. I'll ask the first question. How many conies do you think you can put down? <laughs> Not 12, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, if you can't do 12, I can't either. I don't know. I'm, you know, I think um, I think I could rip down. You rip down nine. I could probably rip down. I'll, I'll be, I could probably go Coney for Coney until you, till maybe nine. There you go. I'm, you know, I, I, maybe we could tie. We there could tie. I'll accept I that. Definitely, I, I'd definitely be sick, though. There's no doubt about oh, it. Yeah. I'm more of a – and, and I like the five way. I like the five way. This is what I this is what I wear. I go to Skyline. I go, give me the five way with a side of chili because you know the chili always like. I feel like the uh, spaghetti softs it up too quick, so I gotta I gotta get the chili on there more. And then I always get two conies on the side. So five way two conies. It's a good call. That's side good, of chili. That's a good meal. Twirl or cut. What? Twirl or cut? Your uh, your five way. Uh, cut. That's the, that's the correct answer. <laughs> that was a big debate on Twitter last week. Was there? I love it. Would you ever eat one of those uh, cheese conies wrapped up in a slice of La Rosa's pizza? <laughs> Wait, is that real? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have it at the ballpark. Oh my gosh! Why don't we just throw some Grater's ice cream on top with some Montgomery and uh, uh, ribs on the side? You know what I mean? Like, just make it a whole Cincinnati thing. You know. Uh, Jeff Brantley yeah. would be in heaven. <laughs> Jeff Brantley would, yeah, the cowboy would be in heaven. Oh, heck yeah, I'd eat one of those. What are you, nuts? I'd crush that thing. Uh, who, could put, who could put down more beers, you or Johnny Gomes? Oh, I think Johnny Gomes. Johnny Gomes could definitely throw a few back, so I'd have to give it to Johnny Gomes. Uh, Pat McAfee or Michael Cole? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, I love both those guys. I think Pat, I'm going to have to go with who's hot right now, so I'll have to go with Pat McAfee. He's also... You know, I'm, I'm I grew up here in Pittsburgh. He's also a Pittsburgh guy down the street. So, you know, I've gotten to know Pat a little bit in the last, uh, you know, in this last year. Or so, seems like a really good dude. But Michael Cole, he's a beauty, man. Michael Cole's a beauty. He should have brought you to the ring with him. Looks like your your arms look still jacked. He could have. He may have actually won. There you go. That's right. Uh, Cole, bring me next time. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Boone or Brett Boone. Oh, I got it. Well, I, I'm closer with Aaron, but but Brett Brett's a beauty, man. I remember when I first got to the big leagues, Brett was the second baseman, and he made plays I've never seen before. Like he was the best second baseman I I'd ever seen until Pokey Reese came. It was crazy. I'm like, I played with two of the greatest second basemen in the history of the game on the Reds, but Booney was just a beauty, and and uh, and and I remember saying to Booney one time, Booney, that's unbelievable. I can't believe he made that those that plays, and, and I remember Booney telling me. The best. I'm the bestest games ever seen. Case. I'm like, whoa, that's a big time. That's a. That's why he calls himself the Boone. You know what I mean? So, so, so I love them both. Their dad Bob was our manager too. He's a great. That's a great family. But Aaron's Aaron's a dear, a really good friend of mine. So I have to go with Aaron. All right. I think this is the last one that we have. Would you rather get hit with an Aroldis Chapman fastball or take a chest chop by John Cena again? Oh man, give me Chapman. Give me Aroldis Chapman right in the ribs. 106. <laughs> give me Chapman in the ribs for 106. I don't ever want to get hit with John Cena chop. I got hit with a John Cena chop right in the heart, and I was like, 
It was the first time I thought I ever had a heart attack. I was like, no, something. <laughs> I was like, something did not. I was like, he clogged two arteries with the child. I was like, ah! I was like, piercing, piercing, <laughs> piercing pain, piercing pain. So give me the Chapman 106 right in the ribs. I'll take it. That's fantastic. Well, we uh, we do thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. You made one of our dreams come true, much like somebody was able to do for you in the uh, in the wrestling ring. Um, you know, it's not every day you get to interview the mayor of Cincinnati. Um, don't forget, you can check him out on Twitter at the mayor's office and on MLB Network, where he's always showing that face anywhere you can get it in. Um, Sean, man, it's been an awesome conversation. We do appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate Aaron Ed. Thank you so much. Uh, maybe we can do it down the line again. And uh, I appreciate the effort, Ed, with the Coney's. You know, it was, <laughs> it, you know, it was uh, it was three less, but I, it, it works for me, brother. And uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, and the podcast was great. Hopefully, we'll see you guys down this, uh, soon, and maybe see you in Cincinnati. I appreciate. We're just, hoping to see you back here for the uh, the playoff run, right? Yes, yes, exactly. yes. If they make a run, we'll be in the playoffs. You'll see me. Just Sounds one good. more thing I wanted to bring up, and one of the reasons why I wanted to yeah. do this interview with you is because. I, and I don't remember what year it was, but I remember sitting up in the stands before a game one day and they did it where they had the, the little kids run out to positions and then they would announce yeah. you guys, you would run out to position and you guys would sign a ball for them and send them back to the crowd or whatever. And I'll never yeah. forget. And this is, this is a story I'll never forget, but I'll never forget all the players kind of stood there above the kids and signed the autograph. You got down like at the kids level and like talk yeah. to him and sign the autograph and i just thought that was the coolest thing ever like no disrespect to the other players but like the fact that you got down to the kids level signed the autograph for him and like i think you gave him a high five or whatever i thought that was the coolest thing uh, ever oh uh, i appreciate it no i used to love that when the, when we would go out with the kids there and you know i remember one time i think my dad told me he's like you know when you have kids oh sorry about that when oh, you have when you have when you have kids um you know you look like such a giant to them and that, you know, when you get down to their level, you know, they can really – so I always remember that. So I always tried to, like, you know, whenever I would be with a kid, try to get down to his level so that he could see that we're we're equal. So I appreciate that. And, you know, things like that with the kids and the Casey kids that we – some of the things we did with giving kids – giving tickets to underprivileged kids, like, you know, that stuff you miss. You know, you miss that impact that you can have every day on the field. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for that. So I appreciate that. Thank Thanks, you. man. All right, well, that's been Sean Casey, the mayor, here with us on Pardon the Punctuation. We do appreciate it, sir. Okay, see you guys soon. Have Thank you, one. Sean. Appreciate it.